the consistency eventually work itself out where by consistently doing this thing in the eventually, I started to go back to the thought process I was before. That's a death. And it was that consistency when I think it couldn't, when I didn't feel good, I didn't feel like showing up to the world. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. If that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. If you would like resources and links and other help, to do with today's episode just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 478 come back to the 10k collective podcast for six seven and eight figure amazon sellers i've got christian hoyle here from mindset marketing he's kind of gearing up ready to go man of great energy christian is a mindset coach who works with professionals entrepreneurs and sales teams helping them create a better version of themselves and christian you're the very first person who deals with mindset that i've had on the show we're normally very nerdy and technical so this is a bit of an outside comfort zone. So welcome to the show, man. Good to have you here and your energy as well. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Really looking forward to having the chat that we're just about to have because nerdy, if you call it nerdy, doesn't mindset's for everyone, no matter what level, whatever you do, whatever age, it's going to help you out. So let's talk a little bit about the different things, how that can do that. Cause it's a big word that no one understands a lot of the time. And that's what I was. That was my first question then, Christian. So obviously, you know, you, you work professionals, entrepreneurs, sales teams. I guess that implies that there's some more sort of measurable concrete outcome, which the cynical small business owners that I know in Amazon, they tend to be very spreadsheet friendly and driven by the numbers if they're successful. And some of them, including myself, have a bit of a skepticism around this stuff. And yet I realize more and more from real life that, that mindset is so critical. And some of the hardest driven people I know actually really respect mindset, which is changing my mindset about mindset. So. First of all, what does it even mean? What is mindset? It's, it's such an overused word and, and abused and, and sadly sitting in the corner of a terrible LinkedIn post near you if you're not careful. So <laughs> what does it mean for you, Christian? Right. If I was going to do it as a simplified thing of what it is, what all mindset is, is the way we think and the way we act from our thoughts. And that'd be the first thing. And you say like, when you're on about working with spreadsheets, I agree with all that. But what I do with people is I don't just look at the work. I look at how to work. They're both important. The way that we think it works, great. And if, we, if we're making things happen, it's brilliant. But often we, it, it's our thoughts that stop us from making things happen, stop us from being out of belief in doing things, stop us from like giving a project as much time as we can because we get in the way of it, what we think, you know, you know, every single person listening to this, the, what goes in our heads is mental. Yeah? Can you agree there? I can certainly agree with that. And if we had a screen with all our thoughts that come up and you actually you saw what I sometimes think, and I'm like, I'm not like that though because I'm not in control of that, but I am in control of what I do with the thoughts that do come in my head. 
And that's what it comes down to, the mindset of things. It's like, if I had a thought that's destructive, I know it's destructive. It'll still go on, but I don't want that to impede in what I'm doing. I don't want to allow it to take my energy. I don't want to allow it to interfere with my ability to do something. But my head wants to say I can't. There's a thing called, there's a persona, mindset persona. And I'll say this, and every single person will have had this. I can do this. I'm not, I'm not able to do this. Maybe this one isn't for me. Maybe I've pushed myself too far in and I can't really do that. And it's that little internal talk that goes on that tells us what we're not. And it's not true, but it's just our mind doing its our mind thing. And it's like, if I was going to say one thing like about mindset is we listen to what goes on, but we only interact with 10% of it because there's 90% of noise going on in our heads all the time that are not, it's not, not helping us. It's, it's almost like you're walking around with something in here that can sometimes be like a chip on you because it's wanting to stop you moving forward and you've got to get in touch with not listening to that, reacting to it, resetting it and getting in touch with yourself because you are the person that controls you. You're the one flight, you're the one steering the ship along and it's up to you where it goes. And just like you and just like me and just like everyone else who's actually honest, sometimes we don't quite go the way we want to go. And it goes different ways. And at some point, we need to get ourselves back going there. Anything could be our mood, could be our happiness, anything interferes with it. And at some point, we've got to go, come on. Especially when it comes to work, because no matter what, in life, it can be different. But work, you're in there primarily to get a job done. And if anything interferes with that and you're not getting your job done, then straight away, we need to start addressing that why. So I, what, what I would predominantly do with people is start asking them, you know, like, if I, if I move on to what I do with people, I ask people two major questions. Any idea what you think there might be when it comes to mindset? Uh, good question. I'm trying to guess here. This is my amateurist guess. How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, definitely is one. But I want to know, there's two questions. I ask two areas of it. Every single person I work with throughout the whole sessions we do, I ask two questions. And I ask them to score it out of 10, it's to do with them. So it's a bit vague how I'm putting that. I'll give you the first question. I was, I'm actually writing a post about it on LinkedIn today because I have to write a lot of posts to suggest to people about ways to think about things. I ask people, in your life, what is the fittest and most energetic you have been and what is your physical vitality like? I want to know how you feel, how your body feels. Are you, are you moving? Are you, have you got good movement? Do you do things? So, so if I ask you that question, out of 10, I'll ask you right now, Michael, out of 10, yeah. we've been the fittest and most energetic you've ever been in life. What would you rate yourself out of 10? Maybe six at the moment. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm running a little bit. I'm cycling around just to get around the place, which I'm enjoying, but I'm very, very stiff. Like I'm nearly 50 and I haven't been looking after my flexibility for the last decade, really. I used to do yoga. So yeah, that's pretty poor. I'd say flexibility is like three out of 10 at the moment. So then, so what you just, so then what I'd ask you, I had some of day was 10 out of 10. We left that question behind because if you were 10 out of 10, mm. what, so then I'd say to you, I'd say, well, wh where do you want to be? I guess I'd like to be 10 out of 10 or at least a, an eight or a nine on a good day on an average. So then I'd say like 10 out of 10 is out there. Someone said it to me the day because he just ran an ultra, two marathons in a row, ran an ultra, was training on a Wednesday, was doing, he was, and I was like, you know what? I've never run a 10 and you are a 10, but I think to be a 10, you've got to be in serious training for something. Because that's putting yourself out of it. But for normal life, I'd like to see I'm, I'm an eight. And I think I'm, a minute, I'm an eight, eight and a half. And that's what I'd be. And I'd say to you, so now I'd be saying, 
What do you want to be? When have you been it before? How can we get you there? What was the difference between before? How did you act? How did you feel? How was life going? And then you'd go on to say, well, actually, you know, like you're saying, you're a bit stiff. I felt less stiff and I felt more energetic. So one of my first things I do, and you go, why is physical activity got to do with mindset? Why do you think, Michael? Because I'm just about to write a post. That was my question. Why has physical activity got anything to do with what your mindset is for life? I guess it goes back, even the, the, the Romans said this, men's sana and corporal sana, or have you say, it says the healthy mind and the healthy body, the, the two are interconnected. So your body, your brain takes 25% of the glucose and oxygen and what have you in your body. So, I mean, it is a physical organ. My response. That is one side and completely not the true, right? Well, how many more can we get? It's the thing like, sometimes in life, you want to quit and you want to give in. And I'll tell you what it is, whenever, like, I never want to do it on a wall. So that, the first thing I do, let me just, sorry, come back a little bit. When I push people to say, what do you want to do? And if they don't do anything, and they're sedentary, they don't do out, I just want them to walk. And I want them to walk every day. And I want them to start the day with it. Because if I ask this question, have you ever had a walk that made you feel worse? Not really, no. No one. Other than a hike, hike is different because that's real full-on exercise. And it's sometimes tough when you're, like, you're, you're, you're lose, losing energy supplies. But I walk every day. Because my mood needs to be set in the day. So I'm already looking at setting my mood by the things that I do to set it. So that's one thing. And the other thing is that I actually go a bit further outside my window. I told you last time I live near Kendall Castle. So I live in Kendall and literally outside my window is Kendall Castle. So every day I take my dog for a walk and every day I run up it. Every day it's hard. It's one minute 40 and it's hard. And I'm at the stage now with it. I never quit. I want to quit. I want to not do it. But then I think, if I quit there, what's next? And that runs in my mind, but I won't quit there. And, I, and it's like that, it's the lack of quitting. So now I'm looking at, I've looked at my body's feeling good, I'm feeling healthy. I'm not quitting. Next thing is, what's the key to life is consistency. And if you stay consistent at anything, you'll feel the benefits of it. So I've always like, for me, consistency, I have some consistency issues at other stuff. Because I'm not here to lie and say I'm perfect because I am so not. But when it comes down to my mindset, I've learned strategies and techniques to always bring myself back to normal, to have an enjoyable life, to feel good. So I've got that consistency in other areas. Can you see where we're getting I do. And and also walking is, I'm pretty good at ending the day with walking actually because I wind down. And my wife yesterday, she'd been stressed out doing some very, as we said before, got on the show that she's a, a perfectionist, classically trained musician like me, but She's been really stressed because she's been playing very high level exams at a top conservatory, top music college, and a lot of stress coming from the people she's working with, the students. And we went for a walk yesterday, and then she was lying in bed after. She's like, Yeah, oh, I do feel better. It does help. I'm like, Yeah, no, no S Sherlock. Though I, I don't tend to start the day with a walk, although I always have that objective, and then I somehow start the day with my phone, which is probably not the best start of the day. I know this intellectually, but somehow I don't, my habit is different. I crawl out of bed, look at my phone, drink coffee, and then like, Oh, yeah, it's time for the first call of the day. So how, how do we actually go from intention to reality in these things? And a lot of us have good intentions around a lot of habits. Well, the thing is that habit, a habit, a habit forms, you do it no matter what. So that's what we're aiming at. I work with people over a three month period because there's a lot of talk about habits taking between six weeks and 12 weeks to start. But my habit of running up that thing has been going on five years now and I can't quit. I don't think about it. I just do it. When I get to the point, I turn and I run. I'm not thinking about it. My body knows it's what it's going to do. You know, the new habit, like a silly habit. I drink, when every podcast, I drink a pint of water. Every morning when I get up, I have a pint of water. 
that's a habit now. I can't live without, I just do it naturally. And you have to turn anything into that. So everyone I go, I say, like, what I do is nothing. I'll say this now. It's probably nothing I do is complex. I'm not the complex guy who gives you a lot of stats about what things make, but I am the guy who practices and preach what he follows. So what I'm getting people to do is get into consistency, discipline, because the other word keeping is discipline. You know, like discipline is that thing that kicks you up your own butt when you need to get something done. Make sure you get it done. Make sure you'll stay. It's discipline. It's like discipline is like a muscle. And you can make it stronger and you prove to yourself with discipline by following through, following things through that require discipline. You know, that's the mother of all for me. So what, like, it's that kind of consistency that comes from just keep doing it no matter what. You have to do it. And if I can give you a story about my mornings, you just said it then. So how do I say this? My mindset, probably, I probably worked, I called my, so a quick history. When my mum died when she was 20, when I was 27. And when she died, it was very quick. I got seven years of nothing ever bothering me because I saw a woman die and I thought I could die tomorrow. And after seven years, bang, just stopped, just stopped working. That's when I started having to get into something else. And that's when I started really reading a lot more about mindset related things, reading a lot more about the self, about improving the self and getting things on. And at that stage, I had to start to learn that before when nothing bothered me because I, it was my mum. That was perspective. It wasn't my mum that gave me perspective. It was a life event. But perspective's a gift that I use all the time now. Because I do sometimes wake up and don't feel good. You know, at the, as it sounds now, I've been in relationships for 28 years. I'm single. I've been single for 14 months now. And when I first came single, it was, it was directly not through to our relationship. It was through to some horrible event with someone taking a load of money off us. So and that created a lot of bad effects. So my mornings became disciplined because just like you, I got up and I was going on my phone and I found that my mornings was a time where I was setting a mood. I wasn't in a good one. And it was really when my mind was attacking me and everything. And I'll say that I walk never makes you feel worse. I always makes you feel a bit, a bit better. I was going through some bad times and no matter what I did that walk, did it always make me feel good? 100% not. Because I was having a bad time in my life. Did the consistency eventually work itself out where by consistently doing this thing in the eventually, I started to go back to the thought process I was before. That's a death. And it was that consistency when I think it couldn't, when I didn't feel good, I didn't feel like showing up to the world. I got out and I walked. And it was one of them things I didn't think out because when I came in this, I mean, I'm in my room now, I thought too much because a lot of what goes on is in your head. And at some point, you need to control the thoughts that come in. And that's a little bit of what mindset is as well. Controlling the thought and reframing them. You know, like, because life, life is sometimes crap. No matter what you've got, you could be rich, you could be, I've everything. But you can have bad days and bad times. Oh, yeah. It's often other people. Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. If that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. I know a lot of, I live in London, so this is like the home of rich and grumpy. I, I know some, a lot of people who, by normal standards, like they have a house that's worth, I don't know, a few million pounds and they 
have pretty strong personal income or they have, you know, portfolios or they're married to somebody very rich. I, mean, I know quite a few people like that in London. I know a lot of grumpy rich. That there is absolutely not a correlation between wealth and happiness. Whereas I know some entrepreneurs who are fighting their way up and they're enjoying life because I think they're enjoying the process. And that's the point, isn't it? Like the, the relationship between wealth and happiness is famously not you get wealthy and then you get happy. I mean, but I, I can definitely attest to that, not from personally having become a multimillionaire and then grumpy. I, I'm happy to experiment with that, but I, I think I would believe that it'd be the same. So I love what you're saying. And so what you said, I just want to pick up on and explore this a bit. You're basically saying, I think that again, the actions come first and you may not feel like it, but the consistency is the absolutely critical thing. And then the happiness follows later, right? So if I understand you, the relationship between happiness and actions is also different to what people are saying. Tell me a bit more about that and how well, I want to give you this thing. Get into that. You said happiness then. That's an interesting thing because happiness is happiness. We cannot be happy all the time. And we have mm. to get used to the fact that when we're not happy, we're still all right. You know, and that's the thing. But I ask you this, and this is what everyone that work with. Like, I'll say, how happy are you? That's another question I always ask. How happy are you? Not like, to 10. How happy are you, Michael? Not to 10. Maybe a six, 6.5 at the moment. What do you want to be? Nine would be good, maybe yeah. eight point five. <laughs> so we like to see that basically what I do is bridge gaps. So where you are now is not where you want to be. And we had to think where you want to be, what is that person doing to achieve it? How are you being happy? Happiness is an intention. You know, you've got to manage you and manage the things around you. If you how can you be happy if you drink too much? You can't be. How can you be happy if you were too much? You can't be. It's about balance and happiness comes from balance and you must sort all your balance, your relationships, your relationships with yourself, your, your working thing, how you go about that. So happiness is something that you have to set out to achieve. And it is my one sole goal in life. So a lot of people on success, my success is I want to be happy. And it was interesting because I've had a really a good adult life. Maybe my childhood was had some issues with it. But I, when I got to be me, I've, I've made it happen. I remember the dying letter my mum said, she went, you're happy-go-lucky nature. And I have had one of them, but that's not a gift. You have to keep trying at it. People who go, oh, yeah, you've got happy-go-lucky nature. Yeah, because I, I try. I use perspective. I get somewhere and I think, come on, what's well, the best of it? I've only got one life. I know you hear that all the time. It's such a cliche, but cliche is a word when it's telling the truth. You know, it's so short. And like a lot of people now are saying is, how many weekends have you got left if you're going to live to 78? I'm 45 now. You start looking like that and you think life is short and it's like, I had a good health thing. I've had a lot of people die. I had the flu two years ago and it's the only time I've been really ill where I think I'm the macho man, but that illness, in illness I'm a week actually, I'll be honest. But when I was that ill and you get to see how fragile life is, that's when you realize what the hell am I being unhappy about that for? Why? Why did that matter? You know what I mean? It's sometimes what you place important. Why? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. But it's why. And I think that's true. There's nothing like being sick and you wake up the morning after, you, you know, or you, when you've recovered from flu or whatever, which, by the way, killed more people in the winter of 2017 to 18 than COVID did in most years. It's pretty serious. Just, just a very side point. I get hate mail about that probably now, but <laughs> not dismissing the importance of COVID. I'm just saying flu kills a lot of older and, and unhealthy people. But anyway, yeah, the, the morning you wake up after you've had, you know, recovered from flu or whatever, and you no longer have fever. The, the absence of that crap is just so strong that you feel really grateful for the absence of that. And then it evaporates, doesn't it? A week later, you're bitching and moaning about some minor thing. It's, it, as you said, perspective, that's such a key word. Perspective and consistency are the, the two absolutely key words I'm taking from you. And balance is the other one. 
So tell me about balance and entrepreneurs, because this is an interesting one, isn't it? Entrepreneurs famously are unbalanced. And the happiest entrepreneurs I know are happy when they're out, maybe doing things that most people shouldn't be doing, like drinking to three in the morning, coming up with business ideas, working 80 hour a week. But some of them really love that and some don't. So, so how does balance and entrepreneurs work particularly? Well, what you've just said, then I bet age is a factor, but there's not many people 40 and above staying out till three in the morning and doing all that. Because naturally with age, age changes, doesn't it? Like, no, you don't have a choice in, in stuff with age. So you're all changing, you're making yourself change. Some people, age can be a real bad thing. It changes them in negative ways. They become miserable. You know, it, it does have a negative effect on people, but age is that. Entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur is a very interesting thing because a lot of it's on your own. So getting used to being on your own a lot. And that's an interesting thing of getting like, I lack teams and I miss them. You know, I used to be a teacher when I first started up and I was in a team. And I suppose the businesses that I have, I've had teams, but I'm not in one of this business. Now I work with people and I have to get used to working on my own a lot. And I think that's one of the biggest things of the mindset. How do you motivate yourself? How do you stay in it? How do you stay what in it when it's just you motivating yourself, no one else around you? It's like, I'm at this thing now. Have you heard of focus, mate? Yeah, I use it and I don't know why it works. Focus mate for anyone who doesn't know is an internet based app where you get matched up with someone else and you have sessions with them. You start a session like me and Michael go, hi, Michael. I always go like, hey, Michael, I want to biz up. Because when I'm doing that, I'm actually doing it to me because the only reason I'm doing this is because I'm not focused and it's really tough to remain focused when there's no, no one says you need to get this, this and this done. No entrepreneur will do is do this, this, and this. No idea if it's going to work. And when it does, you're like, oh, all right, that didn't work. Or when it does, but you need to get like focused. So I, I said, right, in this session, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And he says it. And then we put it on mute and we watch each other. Why does it work? Because then I'm not picking my phone up and going like this, looking because I think, oh, right, he's watching there. So yeah, I'm not yeah. going to do it. So it's them little things like that. I'm yeah. managing me because I, I know what my negatives are. Like exercise, don't ever worry about me that. I'm always brilliant at it. Focus, that's, some, that's one of my problems. Organization is one of my problems. Mindset is immense for me because I can switch my, I can be like, something terrible happened two days ago in relation to this. So like I got financially fraud, frauded seven figures. It's the most ridiculous thing that's three years ago. It's created loads of problems in my life. It's been the biggest test of my mind. And I often, the chimp mind in me wants to fight he walks a lot. Oh, the dog walks. It's weird, you know. He's fighting this guy. This guy, he, he, he's fighting it. Is that me? Is that? Yeah, so he's fighting this thing. My chimp mind's fighting this thing. I have to then rebalance and come on, what are you doing here? You're making yourself an happy. Because every time my chimp mind gets mad, it brings anger and anger and frustration to me. Off my thoughts. My thoughts create anger and frustration and madness. And all them things are negative to me. So after a bit, I have to go, why are you doing it again? I have a, I have a reset. I, I don't suggest do this, but I do it. Whatever it may be, come on, because I want to be present. Every time I'm present, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. And, I, and how can I inflict that on me? And it's like, that's the process of like, when the madness and anger is in me, it, you know, it's in me. I'm a sporty person. I grew up in deprivation. Fighting was a normal thing. That fight is in me. I don't like him and I don't want him in my life and he doesn't have a part in it. But every time he comes up, I need to get him back down again and redirect, like reaffirm what he's saying is true. And that's a daily struggle. 
Do you feel you're wasting money you could be keeping in your pocket? Well, many private label Amazon sellers don't even know where they're wasting money, let alone how to stop it. If that's you, we can help. Our new online assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. For a powerful and quick diagnosis, go to amazonprofitquiz.com. That's amazonprofitquiz.com to get your instant free analysis straight away. If you would like resources and links and other help to do with today's episode, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash 478. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.